morning, church. Happy Sunday. Man, what an exciting announcement that we just had. We are getting back together. So looking forward to meeting together with you in person very, very soon. We started this brand new series last week called Grateful. How awesome is it that we can be grateful for our gathering together very soon? In this series, though, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be unpacking different aspects of God's character. And we're going to be looking at those aspects through the lens of gratefulness. And to demonstrate gratefulness, I put on a shirt that reflects something that I am deeply grateful for. That's the championship title for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm also deeply grateful for the championship title for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I got multiple shirts for that one, and those are going to arrive sometime next week. I think it's really cool, church family, how there are basically no Laker fans in the church and only a handful of Dodger fans. Yeah, I was getting texts from so many of you guys saying, congratulations. You weren't happy about the outcome, but you were happy for me. And so I'm really grateful for that. Thank you for the encouragement. Uh, last week, Pastor Teresa did such an amazing job. She had such a powerful word. She kicked off this series discussing the immutability of God, which is just a, a fancy theological way of saying that God is unchanging, that he is constant. And what she helped us to see is that we can rely on God to be unchanging in his promises and in his favor towards us. We can rely on him to keep his covenant with us. And this, of course, is something that we can be so grateful for. I think the timing of her message was really great. It was spot on. On the precipice of national change, when there's so many things in our country that could have been changing, that week of the election, she helped us to see that God is unchanging. I want to tag along to the word that was brought last week and bring a new aspect of God's character that I think is going to be relevant to this week on the other side of a very long and tumultuous and somewhat stressful week. Isn't it amazing what can happen in just a week? This morning, I want to talk to you about the sovereignty of God and help unpack why it's something that we can be grateful for. The sovereignty of God or the fact that God is sovereign, it refers to God's supreme authority he has authority over all. And we have this understanding that God is in control of everything. God is God over all things. No big deal, right? Just the sovereignty of God in 20 minutes or less. And the reality is there is no way that I can cover the breadth of this topic in our time together today. And as you can probably imagine, scholars and theologians have dedicated entire lifetimes of work to this topic. And so today, I want to focus on the sovereignty of God today, the sovereignty of God this week in our context, in this time, in our world. And I want to discuss why we can be grateful for this aspect of God's character. So my main point to you today is this. We can be grateful for God's sovereignty because no matter what happens, he is always in control. Though the world may be spinning seemingly out of control, and there are so many unknowns, 
we can rest in the fact that God knows and that God cares. What we believe is that out of God's sovereignty, he moves on our behalf and he acts on our behalf. And God is involved with his creation today because he cares. So let's pray as we jump into this message. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our time together today. I thank you, God, that you are a sovereign God. And God, we have so many things to be grateful for, uh, especially that you are sovereign, that you are over all. And so I pray today, God, that you would speak through me. May it not be my words, but yours. Would you unite our hearts together and speak to us right where we're at. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you a question this morning, and it may seem like a rhetorical question, but it's actually not. It's your first Table Talk question. And I want to ask you this. Is God sovereign in 2020? Is he really Lord of all? I want you to know if you're wrestling with that thought or that question this morning, it's okay. Our feelings and our questions matter to God and the things that we're contemplating aren't things that we have to be ashamed of, but are things that we can bring to God. So is God sovereign in 2020? It's really easy to see why someone might ask this question. Um, you know, when we look at our world and we look at our society, we see more political tension and division within our own country than any other time in modern American history. We see racial injustice and societal violence on almost every media platform. We're still very much in the middle of a global pandemic that has killed 1.2 million people worldwide and crippled our economy. And then most recently, a very tumultuous and stressful election, regardless of who you voted for. And so if you're struggling today, if you are questioning, if a message on the sovereignty of God seems like, man, Reed, you really got your work cut out for you, that's okay. I want you to know if, if you're wondering or if you're questioning, you're not alone and it's okay. Wherever you're at, I want to encourage you to keep chasing after God, to keep pursuing him, to keep seeking after truth. Don't let your present circumstances drive a wedge between you and God. This too shall pass. COVID won't be a thing forever, though we might be forever changed by it. And so my answer to the question that I asked is yes. Is God sovereign in 2020? Yes, with all my heart, with everything inside me, I believe yes. And I wanna look at scripture a little bit today to give you some of the reasons why my answer to that question is yes. I wanna look at Colossians 1, 16 and 17, and this is a really beautiful verse, a really great passage that I think is gonna set the framework for today. And here's what it says in the NIV. For in him, in him being uh, Jesus, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. 
man, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus and if you trust God and you know that he's a good, loving father, isn't there so much peace in that last phrase? In him, all things hold together. Family, God's got us. We can trust that whatever we face in this world, God is in it and he's above it. He was before it and he's going to be after it. Everything that exists was created through him. And because of this, because of this fact, we know that he is still in control today. I think that word control is a word that could trip some of us up and it, it might be a stumbling block to non-believers a little bit. It leads us to think, well, if God is in control, is he causing all of these bad things to happen? Is he the author of destruction, so to speak? And so what we have to do in, in this challenge that we all face is reconciling human actions with the plans and the control of God, the sovereignty of God. What we understand from scripture is that human action brought sin into the world. When God created us, he didn't want robots. He didn't want us to be forced to love him. We were created with a choice. If love is truly love, it has to be a choice. And so we can choose to love God. We can turn toward him. We can follow him. We can, we can give him our, our life and listen to his voice. And we can choose. That's a choice that we all make. Or we can choose to not love God, to turn away from him and to walk apart from him. Adam and Eve in the garden used their choice to eat the fruit that God told them not to eat. And because of this action, sin now exists in the world. Did God cause Adam and Eve to eat the fruit? No. Was he sovereign? Was God sovereign in his choice to create the fruit in the first place and then set the parameters to Adam and Eve to not eat the fruit and to give them the freedom to make that choice? Was God sovereign in that? Absolutely. 100%. And so what we see is that human action brought sin into the world. And though sin exists, God is still in control. No matter what happens, we believe that evil will not prevail. God wins. And so we will have difficulties, both personally and as a society and as a global population. In this world, we will have difficulties. We will have trials, tribulations, heartache, pain. Even as Christians, we might experience persecution and suffering. We will struggle with sin. And these things grieve the heart of God. And though God is sovereign over all, it's our actions, our decision, our free will and choice that leads to destructive things. I think Romans 5.12 is a, a really great window of insight into this topic a little bit more. Here's what it, it says. Romans 5.12. Sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Sin exists. We experience suffering. 
We can make choices that lead us away from God, but God is still sovereign over all. God is sovereign over the election and our president. He's sovereign over COVID. God is sovereign over racial injustice and violence. He is above all things and in him all things hold together. And because of this, we can be grateful. Because God is sovereign, we don't have to lose hope. When the world seems out of control, which is pretty much all the time, we can be grateful that God is in control. And so we have to understand that although sin exists, uh, God, is, God is not the author of the destruction that we experience. It was human action and free will that brought sin into the world. And so God was sovereign in his choice in, in, in giving us that choice. And he's still sovereign over all. I'm going to give you three more things to be grateful for that relate specifically to God's sovereignty. First of all, you can be grateful that God works for your good. God works for your good. In Romans 8, 28, we see this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is not a cosmic killjoy. He's not a distant and far off, uninterested creator. God is working for your good, your personal good. You have been called by name for God's purposes. I'm here to remind you today, man, our God is such a good God. And I know that there's so many people in our church community that can testify to God's goodness in their own life. In fact, why don't we take a moment just to do that, just wherever you're at. What's something God has brought into your life that you are thankful for? Something that you know was from God. Something that God set up for you. Maybe it's your family or your spouse. Maybe it's your health. Take a minute, just identify it. What's something that you have in your life that you know is a result of God? Maybe it's peace of mind. Uh, maybe it's a long track record of sobriety. Maybe it's financial blessing. Whatever it is, whatever you've identified, would you take a minute right now and just in your heart, thank God for that thing. For me, I'm so thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for my beautiful wife that God brought into my life. So thankful that he blessed us with a sweet little baby girl. It's because God loves us and that he's good that he brings these things into our life. Our job then is to use these blessings for his purpose. Have you ever wondered what your purpose is? I'm here to remind you today it's this. Live your life in a way that glorifies and honors God and helps others to see him. That's your purpose. The details of how you walk that out, man, that's all up to, to you and God. I wanna ask you, what is your season like right now? Are you in a storm? Are you walking in blessing? Maybe it's both because life is kind of complicated like that sometimes. I want you to know that in all things, not just the good things or the easy things, but in all things, 
even the bad things, the ugly things, God is sovereign over all and he is working for your good. It's easy to be reminded of how true that really is when we acknowledge gratefulness and we think, man, God, I have this thing in my life that out of your sovereignty, you brought to me and I'm just so grateful. Second thing I wanna tell you this morning is that you can be grateful that God values you deeply. In Matthew 10, Jesus says this. He asks the question, what is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. I think this is a really interesting analogy uh, because in our society, in our modern context, we don't really sell sparrows. So like the price and the worth of a couple of sparrows, like, oh, they're only worth a dollar. That's not really something we talk about. But in Jesus's time, Sparrows were bought and sold on the marketplace for very little money. You can say they were a dime a dozen. They were essentially worthless items. Yet Jesus points out to us that in God's sovereignty, because he is over all, not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without God's knowledge. Jesus is making the point that God is sovereign over all, even seemingly trivial things like sparrows. And of course, Jesus points out that we are so much more valuable to God than sparrows. We're more valuable to God than anything else. We are his favorite thing, his prized creation. And if God is sovereign over trivial things, don't you think he's sovereign over your life? I just wanna say it again, you are so valued by God. You are treasured by him. There's nothing that you are facing right now that is too small for God's concern. There's also nothing that you're facing that is too big to be beyond God in his capacity and capability. I want you to know that he cares about it all and he's over all. Aren't you thankful for that today? You have someone that, that's got your back. So because I'm thankful for that, it, it changes my prayers. It motivates me to pray differently, to be really bold in my prayers. Like, man, God is sovereign over everything and, and over my life. And if I'm really valuable to him, I can pray like pretty audacious prayers, like really big, bold prayers. I wanna encourage you in your prayer life, don't hold back. Don't leave anything out. Bring it all to God, the good, bad, and ugly, because God values your feelings. God values where you're at. He values your feelings about the election. He values your desire to build a family. He values your heart to stand up for people that can't stand up for themselves. All, whatever it is that is something that matters to you, it matters to God because he values you. And because God is above all of these things, and he values those things about you, he wants to act. He wants to move. He wants to go to work in those prayers, 
in God's sovereignty, he wants to move in and through all of the things that you care about. So don't stop praying. Don't give up hope. God is moving on your behalf. There's nothing you are facing that God doesn't care about or value. Everything that you think and feel and experience matters deeply to God because you matter deeply to God. You are so valuable to him. I wanna leave you with this point this morning. You can be grateful that God sees you as faultless. That's right, faultless. Isn't that amazing that God views us that way with all of our junk, with all of my stuff, with all of my baggage? God chooses to see me as faultless. We see this in Ephesians 1, 4, and I love what it says in the NLT. It says it like this. Even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. In God's sovereignty, in his, in his how do I want to put it, in his ability and the fact that he is above everything and before everything, in his sovereignty, he knew that you would make the choice to follow him. God knew that you would respond to his voice before the world was even a thing. God knew you. He loved you. He desired to be close to you. And he knew before he created the world that he would send his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you. And because you would accept that on your life, that would make you faultless. Before the world was made, God found you without fault in his eyes because he knew you'd follow Jesus. God loved us first. He chose us first. Even while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. And so when you made that decision to follow Jesus, when you put your faith, hope, and trust in him, that decision washed all away your sins. It washed away all of your mistakes, all the things that would disqualify you from relationship with God. And now in God's eyes, you are faultless. Not because you earned it, but because Jesus earned it for you on the cross. Man, if God doesn't hold on to our faults, why should we? Aren't you thankful for that? In God's sovereignty and his control over the world, he saw it best to not count our mistakes against us. Man, can I encourage you to really embrace that truth today? That you are not just the sum total of all your mistakes. You're so much more than that. And God sees you as so much more than that. You've been forgiven. Man, I've been forgiven for a ton and so let's use that truth to motivate us and encourage us to move forward, to forgive others, to live a life that brings glory and honor to God, especially in times like these. I wanna to begin to wrap up here just before we jump into table talk. And so I wanna say that no matter what happens, God is in control. All things have been created through God He's in and above all things. He's before all things and he's gonna be after all things as well. 
God is working for your good, for your good. In his sovereignty, he created good things for you to do. He created a purpose in him just for you. God values you. He cares about every aspect of your life. And because he's sovereign over all, you can pray for anything and anticipate God to act. And God sees you as faultless. In his sovereignty, he sent Jesus to die for you. Let God's view of of you, let the way that he sees you influence the way that you see yourself. I wanna pray for you one more time just before we break for a table talk. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everything that you're doing this morning. And I thank you for your sovereignty over everything. God, right now, on behalf of all my church family and just uh, with all of our hearts aligned together, we want to lift up our nation and we want to lift up our society and we wanna ask that you would use us to be beacons of hope, that you would give us opportunities to share your love with the world around us. God, we believe and we stand on the truth that you are sovereign over all right now. And I pray that that truth would impact the way that we view the world. Regardless of who we voted for or regardless of where we think this country is headed, God, I pray that your sovereignty would be the thing that changes our perspective of the world. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks so much, family. It was great to be with you this morning. I hope you enjoy your table talk.